Sorry about that. <laughs> Welcome into the Dan Levelish Show. I don't know if you guys heard any of that. So without further ado, A.B. Da Vinci, everyone. What's the deal? What's the deal? <laughs> What's up? I no, was... they, they they didn't hear any of that. I was uh, I was watching like live on my phone as well, like <laughs> oh, as a okay. viewer to see if everything was coming through. So no, nah, that was the first thing they heard was what you just said right now. Awesome. So we have some dead air for the first 30 seconds. That's great. Way to kick off a podcast, Dan. Yeah. But anyways, thank uh, thank you for AB for coming on. Everyone who doesn't know, this is AB Da Vinci's from uh, the TMP Camp Take Money Productions. And for what I haven't said, go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone. Yeah, that's the gist of it. My name is AB Da Vinci, coming out of Corpus Christi, Texas. Um, currently in Austin, Texas, representing the TMP Camp Take Money Productions. You know what I mean? Shout out to the whole team. Some very familiar guests you have on here before, like Drew PM. Yep. Jerry on blaze, you know, the usual suspects and the rest of the yep. camp for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Droopy's like a regular here. I might as well put him on payroll. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. Podcasting. That's his, uh, his yep. thing. He does a lot of podcasts, his own podcast, Jerry on's podcast. You can always catch him on a podcast. He's a, he has a real knack for it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, a, he's always a pleasure to have on. He gives me a heart attack sometimes, but he's always a pleasure. <laughs> Yeah, why is that? Just like the timing, he's on that rapper time. Yeah, he's on that. I'm a, I'm always 10, 15 minutes late time. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's all good though. But it he's, is, yeah. But he does. He's reliable. He's reliable. Yeah, when he says he does something, he's gonna do it. He might be a little bit late, but he'll be there. It'll work. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But anyways, yeah. Well, what got you? Like, let's just kick off this real quick. Um, what really got you into into music? Music, um, music has always been part of my life since I was a kid. All kinds mm-hmm. of genres of music, country, blues, uh, rockabilly, uh, pop. You know, my mom was always on the latest on the latest pop records from Prince, Michael Jackson. My dad was really into blues and rockabilly. And then hip hop, um, I kind of fell into hip hop through all the elements. You know, I started off kind of like a B-boy break dancer or at least had aspirations to be you know, a pretty decent pop and locker. That was my introduction to like the culture. And then I would I would dabble, you know, with the spray cans with my homie, like on some on some really trying to create some art um, mm-hmm. type stuff. And I was decent at that. And then I fell in love with like DJing. And I got my first Newmark belt drive turntable kit and I would DJ house parties, high school parties, round the way parties and host like freestyle sessions after school oh, wow. at my house. You know what I mean? Like my homies would come through like we got the turntable set up. We got the mic. Let's go freestyle on some instrumentals. They come over and I'd be like the DJ, but I would start thinking, man, I could, um, I think I could spit something. Cause I would always be nice with the pen on the poetry side, but I, I just kept that side of me tucked away. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I guess one, you know, one day I, I started freestyling along with them and then, um, like the response and then just kind of developed that, that element of hip hop. And then I decided I wanted, you know, MCing is, is where I wanted to, to make my contribution, you know. So, uh, right out of high school, I started dropping tapes. Uh, so yeah, you selling tapes around the trunk? Yeah, for the sure. Like, car? yeah, absolutely. Yo, I had a Chevy Silverado, little old school, like Chevy Silverado, and uh, that was the ride, man. Me and my homies would ride around and everywhere the mall, Walmart parking lot, high school parking lots, the uh, college, community college parking lots. And we would really sell them, you know. We'd make a nice little like a day's wage if we really we was really focused. And it was me and the, the original crew, the prestigious records crew, and uh, me and my 
like it was a group of five of us and we were all like brothers. I was the only one that really wasn't blood related out, out the five of us. And um, what might as well have been, you feel me? And right. we, we really, we really had like a little thing going, the five of us. And we sold a lot of mixtapes, man. A lot of local shows and a lot of, a lot of uh, Bob money. Waterberg, where we at? Where you, co- where you coming out of, you know, Bob, Waterberger Bob's? What? Yeah. No, nah, we're from nah. Michigan. We don't have that up here. Oh, coming out of Michigan. All right. <laughs> yeah. See, I got to get familiar. So, okay, cool, man. I'm, I'm, What's up? Shout out to Michigan. Yeah, down here we got Waterburger and brought breakfast on the buns. They start selling them after 11 p.m. Yeah, those are like those are like crack down here. Like they, they keep people in line after 11 p.m. So we <laughs> yeah, so um mixtapes kept us in a lot of Bob money back then. That's what we used to yeah. call it Bob money. Bob money. <clears throat> yeah, we, we don't have a lot of stuff up here. Like, <clears throat> like people like are ask us, you never ate like um like Chick-fil-A, like you've never eaten at Chick-fil-A or what's a, what's a really big one. Um, in and out burger. Yeah. Like never. Yeah. Never had it. Never even seen in and out burger because we don't have them around here. Really- you, you've never seen a Chick-fil-A either. Uh, I think I've seen a Chick-fil-A down in Flint. I think we have one down in Flint, but not like around the area around here. No. Yeah. No, we eat a lot of Chick-fil-A in and out burger. Um, not so much, not so much. Yeah. Or checkers. Yeah. We have rallies. Checkers and rallies are the same thing. Okay, okay. And I think yeah. Hardee's is up there too. They're the same thing. But yeah, you said you mentioned something about rockabilly. But can like indulge what what is what is rockabilly for people who don't know? Rockabilly is like a mixture of rock and roll and hillbilly music. Um, okay. you know, the early Sun Records of like Elvis would be the most notable okay. contribution to rockabilly, like. Not RCA Elvis, but like Sun Record Elvis, like Good Rock in the Night, Mystery Train Elvis. Okay. And then um some would even say like Roy Orbison might even fall under that. I'm going like commercial because mm-hmm. I don't want to name like super niche artists, but like as a to the casual listener, those would be good examples of rockability. And then it kind of evolved into like in like the punk scene, there was like yeah. a punk version of rockabilly. It was like a little, it was like modern age rockabilly. Um, and you could catch those uh, at underground punk shows, like some some oh. pretty some pretty hardcore rockabilly bands. You know, they still had the greaser hair, the rolled up mm-hmm. Levi's, and like the Doc Martin boots, and they had like that element of of old school, like more electrical, of course, in today's day and age. But they had like that, right? Yeah, the rockabilly yeah. roots. Yeah. Now, um, do you prefer the way music is going nowadays? Like the way that like this, it's more more of like a softer sound. And then it was like back in the nineties where um like Young Buck and Snoop and NWA and all them were like really heart were really, really popular. Like, do you like this? Do you like it how it is? I think I don't want to say softer side of it, but it's kind of going a little mellow. Um yeah, I like it. You know, it I find what I like out of it. I don't like everything. I I don't think I've lived through enough generations or eras of music to know that um to honestly say i didn't like everything of any genre or like of any era you know i don't think there was any era where it was all good like there was always good and not so great music out of every era and today's no different Mm -hmm. um so yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of artists and sounds and songs that make it on my playlist on my day-to-day playlist that are from this era i'm definitely tapped in with the youngsters. I like that too. I kind of like that. Like this era in general, not just music, but the kids in high school, they're, 
I'm, you know, they're kind of more, they're kind of more vulnerable. They're, they're more emotional. I don't know why. I don't know if that's due to just social media or just, but they're, they're more open with their, with their feelings. You know what I mean? It's like the 13 reasons why era and shit. Like a lot, there's like a lot going on with these kids emotionally and in high school early on, they deal with like a lot of heavy stuff, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, the music, re- the music reflects that they're, you know, maybe there's like 17 year old, 18 year old artists, uh, have like really tragic songs, you know, uh, that are dealing with addiction and depression and, and mm-hmm. suicide and things like that. And it's just, it, it just speaks to the, it just speaks to the times. Like, so yeah, I, I like it and I appreciate it because it's honest and I see that it's a reflection of, of what these kids are, you know, back then it was just a different era. We, we were probably like our daddies were running around in the eighties you know what I mean? Selling, mm-hmm. selling coke and crack. So we were like products and children of like those, those guys like that we looked up to. So it was kind of like part two of that. We grew up in a hustler era, if you will, mm-hmm. and we didn't have social media. You know, when we were kids, that is, you know, when we were like really young. So everything was just, it was just different. It wasn't really about like expressing emotions. It was really just about. I don't know. It was just a different era. I mean, it was about expressing yeah. emotions, but not the way these kids do in their music, you know, back to the music. Mm-hmm. Like they really let it, let it out. They crying on these records. You know what I mean? And it's, it's pretty cool. Like it's pretty inspiring. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a few artists out there now that they'll, they'll, they'll bring, they'll bring a, a couple tears to your eye. Like, and they won't even purposely do it. Like, I, like if you just find a song, and it it reflects it reflects to you, like um, let's say for example, Eminem was a big part of my growing up because a lot of his music reflected what what I was going through in my life because I grew up without I grew up with my grandparents I didn't have a mom and my dad weren't there and I kind of reflected through him what all the stuff that he went through and it was just kind of like the same type of situation with my mother and all that stuff. And that every time I listen to Eminem, I can I just reflect on childhood. And you know, do you have like uh, an artist that that it really just puts like this like grabs a hold of you? Yeah, no, I I feel that too. You know, I, Eminem was like in my in my um, playlist was mix CDs back then. There was always an Eminem song in my my mix uh, back in the day. Like when they even when it switched to MP3s, you name it, like because yeah, same. You know, his uh, his underdog story, his like outcast story. I really related a lot to a lot of those Eminem records of like right. the not the anti cool kid, you know, the uh, kind of like weirdo of the bunch. And then just kind of grow up in a, in a dysfunctional home. Not that my home mm-hmm. was like anywhere near dysfunctional as his. I don't I don't believe I seriously doubt. But a lot of those emotions I related to as well. Yeah. Eminem was one of those, I'd say, like if we're talking in that adolescence era, mm-hmm. you know, when you're really going through it um truth be told like the one that grabbed a hold of me a lot i there was nothing like that 50 cent wave to tell you the truth that truth a lot of artists inspired me lyrically you know like Nas, the jay-z's the biggies mm-hmm. of course pox a lot of that stuff was um <clears throat> older than what we were at the time so they, they were talking things that we knew what they were talking about some of it but a right. lot of it was was a, was a bit mature of content and we just like the flow and the beat and the cadence but then 50 it kind of like was parallel to where we meet my peers i mean we 
not assuming your age, my man. You know what I mean? You don't look right. a day over 21. But me, my peers back in the day, we was entering that that college phase. Right. And um, you know, high school phase where we was really experiencing life out there. And uh 50, 50 was like the soundtrack to a lot of that. Like I remember, you know, and then even in other elements of our life, uh just like the gym, 50 was always in the gym with us, 50 was always mm-hmm. uh on the block with us, 50 was um in the studio on the way to the studio you know like like you said the young you brought up young buck you know what i mean then he brought out that crew that whole wave that whole g yep. unit era that really connected with a lot of us uh, me and my peers and i don't think nothing really hit hard as hard since other than maybe the drake wave you know that was like the next phenom right yeah 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 that the g unit era and the aftermath that was that was something like you always you knew as soon as like you can hear people bumping it in their trunk and as soon as they're going down the street back when systems were like really really cool yeah. i don't know if they are down there still but like oh, yeah. having car systems around here people just get they just get pissed off at you it's not really there anymore yeah it's texas so we got a big car culture so therefore you yeah. know the systems are always going to be selling and making money screen systems lights yeah we got a big car culture and yeah. and yeah back then like spring because where i'm from corpus by the bay the beach spring break the beach bananas down there and i remember just like you couldn't go past by a single car without them playing some kind of aftermath production like some kind of track off 50 or like the chronic 2001 or you know the marshall matters ep like everyone yeah yeah they teased us with that dre detox album for years oh man that's a good 10 years that's a good 10 year tease on that album never came out it never came out. I, I think it is though. I think it's gonna come out. I really think it is, but I think it's gonna be like a. I mean, it's kind of overhyped now. We, I mean, it better be right. freaking miraculous, you know, <laughs> which it probably is. Like but yeah, it's it's not gonna be the lifelong wait, right? That that we had to endure for it. We're gonna be like, man, this is. I mean, it's cool, but damn, man, it's twenty years. It's twenty years, <laughs> like twelve songs. Yeah. So I thought it'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, like a year, a year and a half for each song. Come yeah, on, man. You, I know, you do like a like a verse every five years, like. <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah, but two. Yeah, the most successful rapper I've ever seen with only two albums, but he's produced so many more, and he's just I don't know, Dre's great. He's definitely on my Mount Rushmore of hip hop legends. Yeah, he he's always like that. If someone says not three, not four, and if they like that question, if you had one producer to produce an album for you, like one, it's it's Dre. It'd be Dre. It's Dre. Yeah. I feel like he, he could do anything, really. Right. Yeah. He's just he's a genius. Yeah. And then a lot of people say, but that's not him working the keys back there. That's like that's Scott Storch. You know what I mean? That's Scott Storch on ninety five percent of that, and Dre was just there overseeing. I'm like, hey, I'm right. the rapper. I'm not going to be there. Any, just get it done. You know what I mean? Whatever he <laughs> did, like pull the people in, use your resources, use your money. To pull Scott yeah. Storch in, like Dre can't get it done. Like, yeah, it doesn't have to be Dre, it can yeah. be Scott, and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with that. If Dre <laughs> right. produced that and had the foresight to pull Scott in, that's fine. Like, that's what I'm uh-huh. saying. Dre's that guy to go to for whatever, like, he's gonna make it happen, right? Exactly. Now, let, let's let's pull back into AB a little bit. Now, um, your music videos are pretty much top notch. I want to say that, like, every single music video that I've watched on YouTube. As like I, there's no there's no grimy about it at all. It's Thank all you. like pure and smooth, and it's just enjoyable to watch. Now, how would you go about making shooting a music video for all those people with all those grimy and phone cameras? Um, 
like how would I shoot a music video if all I had to work with was with the phone camera? Oh, or just like do you script it? Do you like go about scripting it, or is it just like pretty much freelance? Yeah, well, thank thank you, man. I appreciate it. The uh, what we do first and foremost is pick a is pick a good director, um, okay. on the coup. Like, I shout out to all the directors we've worked with, um, that contributed to my catalog of of top notch videos. As you say, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the past two we've used Izzy Salinas Skyview Visuals, aka Lil S. He's an artist out of Corpus Christi. But he found his he found like his calling, if you will, a video directing. Then he did the so far and the just for the weekend video. And um, I saw enough of his work to just know. I keep it simple, man. I say just make me make us look cool. Make us look cool as possible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Use some cool slow motion. Make sure the lens is nice and crispy. Crispy is the word we like to use. Like make it look crispy. Right. And make it look cool. If it's a stupid shot, take it out of there. Like, you know, that's pretty <laughs> much my rule and everything else. Um, there's maybe been a couple of videos I did with my late homie Merc Rock that had a script to it or like a, a plot or some kind of point. Everything mm-hmm. else has been kind of running gun and just like our, our real life. Like, and we just pick a day that we're just gonna we're gonna have the camera there, you know, whether it's just right. on the way to the studio, on the way to just um we just riding around handling something, or we're doing a show like on just for the weekend and we we shoot the video at the show. Right. Because uh, we're so busy outside of music that as much as we want to, we really don't have a, a lot of time to like, all right, we're going to meet here and do a casting call and then find a person. And and I have some some concepts written out and one day they'll be executed. But the past, like almost all my catalogs been running gun from skating on them. We just had a car club show mm-hmm. up. I asked for a couple of cars to pull up for, for something to have in the backdrop, had a car show basically pull up for me at in a parking lot and uh, it turned out to be a real epic video the uh no regrets video was just me and my fam and the crew really hanging out at a park and and barbecuing which is something you know all my homies know i, I barbecue my ass off like mm-hmm. oh, i was like I, I do a lot of barbecuing so that was just a day with the fam and we just got the cameras out there and that one was done by steve gonzalez shout out to next level uh, entertainment their record label production company he did that one i had a little little uh, deal with him if you will and that was under mm-hmm. that regime and um yeah. that's one of my dopest video to date he had the red camera i don't know if you know anything about cameras i don't know a mm-hmm. ton about them but we know you know that red camera is crispy so he brought out the red camera and the drone 1080 on camera on the drone so that's nice. my recommendation make sure you make sure the guy that, that you're doing knows how to like paint with the camera make sure you know he's not stiff with it or real dull and make sure the lens is crispy and give a good performance as if you're performing live on stage. The rest is on you. The rest, if you give a good performance and like forget, people forget there's no plot. There's no, they just want to see a good performance. Good and good music. I mean, with that record got to be good. You could have right. Robert De Niro in the video. The record's trash. I mean, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, can't have a trash record and then have, yeah. a, then have a, as you would say, a crispy video. Right. Because <laughs> no one's going to like it. Right. <laughs> but yeah, let's, uh, um, what what's who's your favorite like your your inspiration for music who what makes what artist makes you want made you want to pick up a pen and that's a that's a tough one for sure there's probably a my, few of them yeah there's a lot there's a lot of them my my introduction my favorite musician i got a favorite artist like in every in every genre mm-hmm. um rap we we stick straight to rap like my introduction was like 
Michael Jackson, Elvis Presley, Prince, uh, you name it, Patsy Cline. Um, Patsy Cline? Yeah, yeah, listen a lot of Patsy. Like, I listen to a lot of, like, just, like, old soul music. And and so they inspired me to write. Like, the penmanship, like, Marty Robbins. You ever heard of a country singer named Marty Robbins? Dude would Uh, tell, like, gunslinger ballads. It's like that old real country western. He would tell, like, gunslinging ballads with, like, a middle beginning and end. <clears throat> that shit inspired me to write. That shit would inspire me to write, you know? Yeah, my but, grandfather used to listen to him a lot. Cool. Your grandfather knows what's up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that a lot of those artists inspired me to write. But, of course, in when I walked outside, the cadence, the beat, the flavor, the the, the canvas that we were given was hip-hop. You know what I mean? In, in that day and age, had I been born in another decade, I might be in another genre of music. But where I walked outside... You know what I'm saying? We hip hop was was the canvas that, that we had. So in that mm-hmm. realm, I would say Pac, man. Pac inspired me a lot to to write, to say what was on my mind. Like Pac would still be relevant in today because he was one of those artists that was really vulnerable, really emotional, and like spoke on everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I'd say Pac was a big was a big influence in the rap era. I wanted to use like uh um uh, high level vocabulary like Pac. I wanted to put a mm-hmm. lot of passion into Pac. You know, I wanted to make records for everybody, like all walks of life. Um he was kind of like a a blueprint, if you will. And then also cautionary tale of things not to do, things to avoid. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like so it was um yeah Pac and I'm a big Nas fan. You know what I mean? Tell you the truth, Nas? I'm a really big Nas fan. Yeah, his perseverance. and Stomatic, yep, those are very oh, good yeah. albums. I got the vinyl, you know what I mean? I'm looking at the vinyl right there. Yeah, I'm a big Nas fan, big J fan. All the all the goats, like my my list just sounds like a list of, of goats and like uh easy to go to, you know, like mm-hmm. Jada Kiss. But when we were coming up, they weren't like goats or legend then. They were just rosters of like they were just on the roster of hundreds of rappers at that time. You know what I mean? Just so right. happens. But they've always been my guys. I just picked the guys that ended up being still around today you know uh but less notable ones like if you're not you know if you're not in the know uh depending who's tapping in how old or young they are but like raekwon i'm a big wu-tang fan raekwon? like raekwon's my favorite out of wu-tang nice. um uh, who else man uh today uh i like i like j cole i'm a big j cole fan j cole you know what i'm nice. saying uh, Jake Hawkins and Jake Hulk can hoop. I just want to say that Jake Hulk can hoop too. That's yeah. No, he, no, I he got can. he got respect for me when I was like, "Ooh, look at that it's a celebrity game." Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, not not uh, not just to give a random list of, of artists, but yes, yeah, but just to keep it narrowed down, like honed in. I'd say Pac was like, you know, what I mean, I think I, I'm gonna try this rap shit. Want to rap like that? I mean, I want to make an impact like that. And then Fifty, like I said earlier, Fifty was like. Because he wasn't the best. He was not the best right. rapper. No. You know what I'm saying? It was like how he said it. It was like the fact that that um, that he wasn't the best and still made you feel something. And you're like, man, I don't really got to be the best either. I just got to be like honest and just present it in such a way mm-hmm. that connects. You know? So he was a big motivation by not being like the illest. I was like, oh, shit, maybe right. I can't do this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Tupac was like, he was, uh, he was the storyteller. And I love storytellers. Like when it comes to comedy music anything i love i love anybody that could tell a story and like throughout all of pox like all of it all of his music there was always like dear mama there was a story of his of his mom and how he he grew up and even from uh um how do you want it even that was a little a little little contact story to it 
and his little beef with um with uh with Biggie that was probably the downfall of Tupac and Biggie because he they weren't they were never gonna bounce back after that I don't think yeah after that big like that big collision yeah to, yeah to to your to your point on um how do you want it that's a very multi-layered song like that song's mm-hmm. like a onion man like it's a party record on the surface but then he's like taking shots at politicians he's talking yep. about like injustices he's jumping yep. back to like talking shit to rappers and then like <laughs> the, you're dancing the whole time but like it's a party record you know uh-huh. he's like going at see Dolores tucker and that's what i'm saying like that that's what was a big inspiration like i wanted to cover as much ground like like he did and um it's tough it's hard you know like yeah. Like man, yeah, how did like, he provide so much content? Like in yeah, when you listen to that song, you just think this is like pocket hitting up on a woman, and it's just a club bumping song. It's all it is. But no, if you actually listen to it, it's pretty much all over the place. He's going all over the place with it. Yeah, that's like it. Yeah, kind of is his music genius that that really inspired me. When I when I was younger, I wasn't allowed to listen to rap. I was allowed to listen to strictly country music. That's why I hate country music today. I will not put it on the station. I won't listen to it. But it was like, I think it was, I was 13 years old and I bought my first hip hop album and uh, I forget which, which one was it? It was uh masterpiece ghetto dope. Ghetto oh D. yeah. <laughs> Those cover that cover was sick. Top five yeah. covers that like changed the game. Like if it's not your favorite cover or not that those covers changed the game. Yep. Yeah. You bought, the, you bought the CDs just for the covers. Just so you could have the collection of the covers. Yeah. Like Cain and Abel. That's that. That CD was terrible. Still bought it. <laughs> that CD was terrible, and they're probably like the worst on the roster, on the cash yeah. money roster. I had a, I worked with the dude, like one of my first jobs, side note, totally unimportant. One of my first jobs, I was doing landscaping. I worked with a dude that was locked up with um, Kane or Abel. Oh, really? I'd be lying if I told you. Yeah, I'm just going to flip the coin. He was locked up with one of them. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. Uh, but Kane I didn't even know Abel. they were locked up. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> this was a long time ago. This was like, I was like young. So I hope they're in right. the free now. This is a side sidebar. Uh, <laughs> I hope yeah. they probably are. Probably. Not too many people know about Kane and Abel. But that was that right. was a, the Master P. That was your first Rhapsody. You had one of them moms too, huh? Yeah, my mom would always, uh, she'd be confiscating parental advisory CDs like they were drugs. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. The, yeah, the yeah. first track when he was t- t- uh, teaching everyone how to make crack. It's like the the title track was "Make Crack Like This," so <laughs> it was. And uh, my grandmother caught me listening to it when I got home from school one day because she wasn't home, but she snuck in without me listening because the music was loud. And then she's just like outside my bedroom door, bursts open, scares the living shit out of me because I'm a hardcore rapper at that point, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm sitting there just rapping this song, and she bursts open the door. Give me that goddamn CD! <laughs> Snaps it right in front of me. You're like in, you're like in mid motherfucker, like <laughs> yeah. rapper, and then she walks in, you just have a mild heart attack. Yeah, <laughs> slaps you upside. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Stereo was confiscated. Yeah. Nah, we've all been there, man. You're not alone in that. I mean, actually, <laughs> nah. I know I, a lot of my friends. Their parents were. I guess it depends how old or younger parents were. A lot of my friends, they were put on the rap by their parents. I was like, man, not me. My parents is, but you know, as I grew older and they saw like my, I would always defend it. I would always defend it like a lawyer, you know, and mm-hmm. and and, and uh, you know how hip hop is art, speech is all the time. And they finally, my mom finally started kind of like 
especially when I started doing it myself and and taking right. it seriously as an artist, uh, started growing an appreciation for it and easing up on it. But I was from a traditional Hispanic household, you know, so there wasn't right. I wasn't having none of that shit. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, that was. It's a, it's a pure white 1950s household. That's what I was raised in. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I got I got my ass beat. I wasn't allowed to do anything. Like I wasn't <laughs> a, allowed to wear shorts to school until I was like in seventh grade. Because uh, how my yeah, because my grandpa grew up during the depression. So during the depression, uh, poor kids wore shorts to school and rich kids didn't, which baffled me because I had no idea we were rich. We weren't. He's just like here, wear pants. You're not allowed to wear shorts. So yeah, if like. Until I was like 13 years old, I wasn't allowed to wear shorts to school. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah, Sorry it sucked. I would sneak them though in my backpack and then change it at school. But yeah, man, it's sad I had to do that. <laughs> but yeah, I grew up with like listening to like Ray Charles and like Jimi Hendrix. You know, like my, my grandfather, my grandfather had a vinyl of Jimi Hendrix still in the casing. It wasn't open. I guess it was like a valuable. But after I after I found it, it was no longer valuable. Because we had a record player. We had a vinyl and a record player. And then at that time, I wanted to be a DJ, too. So I would scratch the shit out of this Jimi Hendrix vinyl record. Just it sounded like crap, but I was a DJ. And it was... I never got an ass whooping so bad. You had that one coming, though. You had that one coming. Scratch the shit out of it. I understand, Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> you have any like childhood embarrassing like stories that got you in trouble just because of music or no? Or am oh, I the yeah, only man. one? Nah, man. I, oh man. I don't. I hope it. I hope it comes. My girl thought it was funny uh, when I told her, but I, I remember um, I went to a UCD store, record store. It was mm-hmm. called uh, Disco Round with my mom, and I, I wanted to buy the the self titled Sublime CD more than anything. And uh, yeah, and I, I took it down to um, after school, took it down to the record store to ask if I could get it. And it was back where they still had those little listening booths where you could sample, you know, the CD before you bought it. Yeah. So she so she was like, well, let's see. Let me let me see what what it's about first before before we ring it up. So she's there like listening to it, I guess, pretty high on volume. She got headphones like these on, you know, the, um, the Bose headphones. She's drowned out. I mean, everything's drowned out. So she's jamming it. And uh, so she's jamming sublime and she hears the content and she's just like, she's just yelling in the stars too. Cause she don't know she's yelling. She's just talking loud, you know, in the pack record <laughs> star. She's like, Oh no, we're not taking this. He's saying bitches and titties and talking about smoking marijuana. And she was just saying it loud and everyone was just looking and just, I was just, man, I was embarrassed. Man, let's go, man. I just walked out the record store. Like, let's go leave the CD. Let's go, man. Yeah, yeah. I miss those those stand up booths, dude. Yeah, those stand up booths were the truth. Those stand up booths were the truth. Those um, were the whole reason why to go to the mall after school. That's why we went to the mall to listen to music and especially if you were broke and like you didn't like you couldn't buy nothing. Like that was you, that was something to do. Like let's go listen to CDs. Like let's go sample. You know, until you get to tell you to stop loitering. Until you get the fuck on. You know, just like yeah, let's go read some uh, rap magazines and listen to the sample the CDs. Yep. Yeah. Yep, Sam can. Goody and Camelot. Camelot music. Camelot music. Yep. Remember Sam Goody and Fye would have a lot of signings. Met a lot of cool people at Fyes. That was a good thing about CD stores. Was like CD signings. Like you know, mm-hmm. I met DJ Drama, Young Jeezy at a signing, Ying Yang yep. Twins at a signing. Yeah, there's no, it's very few of those. You know, so. 
Yeah, you don't see those anymore. I've, you, uh, you are right about that. You don't now that CD stores and music stores kind of gone bye bye. So has the CD signings. Yeah. Well, what are, what are they going to sign though? Like here's here's my USB. Here's my USB with your with your right. album on it. Will you sign that? Music's kind of I don't know. I miss the physical. Like the same thing with video games. The physicality of actually having the game in your hand. I miss yeah. that. You don't you don't get that no more. Yep. I try I try not to uh spend too much time dwelling on like how much I miss that but you know cuz you got to evolve you know you got to adapt but yeah mm-hmm. I only miss it from a business standpoint really because the the flip you know the profit margin was nice you know what I mean you burn burn a pack of CDs uh print out some covers total cost for 50 CDs maybe like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying 100 bucks you selling for 10 bucks a piece man you know like that's that's a hustle like that's what we would do and now you can't, you know, you can't do that. You, every stream is like 0.003 of a cent. Uh-huh. It's great. You know, this, the profit margin is gone. So I, I missed that. But definitely from an artistic standpoint, um, I missed all the artwork in it, the, the touching it or ripping it open, you know, getting in the car, just can't bite that, that plastic off fast enough. Yeah. That, right. That's pretty cool. But yeah. And yeah. the thought nostalgia just, just gets you sad if anything. So, I try, yeah. you know, there's a lot of benefits to having, like, I love having 2,000 songs in my, with the touch of a thumb, you know, and just being able to hit shuffle and just any song. Just drown I want, out, yeah. yeah, just drown out and uh, pay $9.99 a month, Apple Music. Apple Music's the shit. But Apple Music, yeah. Yeah, as a seller, you know, on this side, it's, man, it's, the stock is down, you know what I mean? The, the stock is down. You can't pop trunk anymore. You can't. But you got to have your merch game. You got to have your merch game on point. Mm-hmm. You got to have your shirts, your beanies, your online store. You know what I mean? You got to find other ways. You got to find a way. But it is what it right. is. Right. Yeah. The physicality. Step, yeah. Just looking back on stuff, because I'm old, I do that now. Um, but yeah, <laughs> looking back on stuff, you, you, it's just, it brings a tear to your eye how much is, it's gone away. But yeah. it's also pretty cool how, how much we're advanced by now. You would think that we'd have like hoverboards by now. Back to the Future lied to us. Shit, damn near you got people like skating around on like them single uh, wheel. They got that wheel in the middle. I saw yeah. dude, I saw a dude skating on one, pushing his baby down the, pushing down the street today. He was flying. I was like, man. Damn. Yeah. They tell me it's just like snowboarding. I used Shit. to snowboard when I was when I was like early, like late late to early twenties. Oh, that's I used what's to up. snowboard then. But they, they're like, yeah, it's just like snowboarding. I'm like, I don't know. Is it? I never tried it. I'm gonna fall on my ass if I do it though. I've always wanted to do <laughs> snowboarding. You I mean I did the play all the PlayStation and snowboarding extreme games? Always want to do it in real life. Never. Oh yeah, like SFX. Yeah. SFX tricky. Yep. And it's cool tricky. borders. That's right. That's all right. Cool borders. There you go. Yep. There you go. Yep. Hit them. Yeah, we have snow like eight months out of the year, so we tend to enjoy it. Uh, that's too possible. much, man. That's too much. <laughs> it's cold up here, man. Yeah. Fuck that. Fuck like that. we're already in hoodie weather. That's, yeah, that's how that's how fucked up it is. We're in a hoodie and sweats weather already. Nah, we're on pol- polar opposite, and I got a um tropical. I need. I'm a summer <laughs> baby. Summer baby. You gonna watch the fight tonight? You gonna watch the Canelo Triple G fight? I I was thinking about it. Yeah, I think I might uh, DVR it and watch yeah. it. Did you end up watching that uh that UFC that Nate Nate Diaz and um? Of course. Uh, yeah. Of course. What's his yeah. face? Tony Ferguson. Why couldn't I think of that? Yeah. <laughs> Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson. What was what was your opinion on that on that whole that whole card mix up at the very end? Were you disappointed or was it a better? Do you think it was a better matchup? Yeah, I think I think it was a better matchup. Shit happens. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think shit happens. Shit happened. Um, they they did what they had to do, and as I like to call it, you know, the the MMA gods um, made that happen. Because I was fucked yeah. up. I thought I was fucked up what they were doing to Nate making a fight. Shamaf, Shamaf. Yeah, he, I love Nate Diaz. I'm a Nate Diaz fan, like through and through. He's my favorite MMA fighter, will be of all time. But he was gonna get killed if he went against Shamaf. I don't know about that. No, sorry. That, that's that's whole <laughs> Yeah. No, I it would have it would have been too hard, man. Like, let's say he would have won, it would have been one of them fights, like you don't really come out the same after, you know. Where he beat the hell, yeah. Yeah, where you like beat the hell. There there was a good I say there was a good chance he could have pulled off a sub in like the fourth or fifth, but right. there was also a good chance that he was just gonna lose. Um, it's the ass kicking and killed part that I gotta like pop the like pull the brakes. I'm like, I don't know if he got killed or his ass kicked. But I think right. he would have got wrestled down and lost and gone off on the loss and his stock would have gone down. And that's just sad. Like, you don't want him to go out on the on the loss. And it's fucked right. up because I think that's what they wanted to happen. I think they wanted him to go out on the loss. So, um, man. I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad he didn't. They, they know he has trouble with wrestlers. They know Chamav is like... Um, a full-blown wrestler. A full-blown wrestler <laughs> that belongs in middleweight. Nate right. is a perennial lightweight. He belongs in lightweight. He, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? He tries out welterweight every now and then. Jamal obviously missing weight, but he doesn't even belong down there. So they they both don't belong in that weight class because they both belong in the opposite end one. So mm-hmm. that's just, and that's the guy you know, like he's already. So of course he's gonna have problems with them. He's it's not his weight class. You know, he's two right. class technically possibly two weight classes up depending on the on the circumstances. Yeah, that's why people was like. They were pretty much taking it as Chamayoff being disrespectful because he was seven pounds overweight. And I was like, no, this guy had to drop nearly almost probably almost 40 pounds just to make weight for this fight. I don't care what I don't care what nobody says, too. It's like it's like a schoolyard bully. Like um, mm-hmm. you'd be surprised what you do if you just take the fight with them, because um, when, when people expect to roll over somebody. And right. then somebody's like, well, fuck it. Like, let's, let's run it. You know, they then they start thinking like, damn, like, what if I lose? Like, what if I lose? What if? So mm-hmm. I think I think Chamiv thought about the what ifs, like because he's supposed to steamroll him. He's supposed to, but what if it even looks competitive? Right. You know what I mean, like like what if he still wins, but it he wins by decision. He doesn't stand after talking all that shit. You know what I mean? And like it <laughs> it and Nate has one of those moments, like the Leon Edward moments where he stunned him with that level. Like what if he has one of those moments that just changes the narrative and 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 uh and he's no longer the killer or the hitman that they were trying to make because right. he had a competitive fight with someone on the way out so how can he be the you know he started thinking about all these things uh-huh. so i think he's the one that kind of caught caught bitch at the end he's like oh i didn't make weight like yeah yeah, yeah it was yeah he like steamrolled holloway though or what uh kevin, um, yeah, holland. kevin holland yeah kevin holland he like steamrolled him yeah, as, like, he wow. should, as he should have, as he should have, <laughs> and they got Daniel Cormier talking like like Kevin Hart. That's what they do. They try to they try to paint narratives. You know what yeah. I mean? So they're like like he did something by steamroll steamrolling uh, Holland. Like that's what he should have done. Like right. on Holland paper, it's crazy because Holland is, on paper is better than than Diaz. I'm like, no, he's just younger. He's younger, yeah. but like Holland is a he's a he's a stepping stone right now. Like he's supposed to right. be. So they were like, yeah. So imagine what would have happened to Diaz if he beat Holland. We're like, who the fuck's Holland? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> this guy? yeah. So I, I wouldn't buy none of that. So, you know, it worked out better for, for every for everybody in this case, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was still for, a good except card. Ferguson. It's for Ferguson, man. He's yeah. off like four losses, five likes. 
five losses. Five, yeah, five losses in a row. How is he still employed? Isn't it the rule of the UFC? Once you lose three fights, you have to take a break and go somewhere else for a little while. (laughs) Yeah, they change every day. You know how I go. Yeah, Ferguson's a money draw, though. Anybody's (laughs) gonna watch him just because he's fun to watch. They paid his dues. Nate Diaz is the same. He wasn't like he wasn't like an like a Brock Lesnar or like an All Star. Like or uh, an Adesanya, anyway. He's not even him. He's just a guy that's entertaining. He likes to talk shit, and he might even knock you out. <laughs> yeah, since this is like the FX days, like when you could watch UFC on a random Thursday or Tuesday on FX. He's just always been like good TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's always been good TV. That good fight. Always like him. Yeah, good content, good sound bites. Before there was even sound bites. You know what I mean? It's like right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. My favorite, yeah, hands down, my favorite. Him and his brother. Awesome, but before we get out of here, real quick, who do you got? You got who do you have tonight? Tonight, man, fight? tonight I got Triple G. I got Triple. G. The only time I go against Canelo is when he fights Triple G. I'm a big Triple G fan, yeah, and uh, I get a lot of shit for it because, like, I don't know, man. If you hang around Mexicans, we're always expected to go for like the other Mexican fighters, like, right? Like you know them personally. So, so uh, <laughs> my bad. Like, you know is your me? cousin or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's my cousin or something. We get all these comments. <laughs> Right, so, exactly. Yeah, but Triple G's my guy, man. Triple G, uh, I think he might retire after this one. If he loses, I think even if he wins, he still might retire. So I want to see him. Yeah. I think if Canelo takes the L, he still got a long career ahead of him. And right. he got a, he got a win on the last one. So, you know what I mean? It's it's all good. So fair play to both of them. I just want to see a good fight. But, yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for Triple G. Only time. Do you, do you watch any of the Jake Paul fights? I, I did. I saw the... um. I saw like the first two. I saw the Tyrone Willie one. Yeah. Where he Willie knocked him out. Before. Yeah, and the Mayweather one. Those are both oh. scripted, man. Those are both yeah. scripted. Oh no, his brother fought Mayweather, right? Or yeah, Logan Paul fought Logan Mayweather. Paul fought Mayweather, right? Yeah. No, I saw well, a couple he got of ones. Carried. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, carried by Mayweather for seven rounds, pretty much. The, the Tyrone Willie one looked super scripted on the cool, but um supposedly this one he's gonna do with Anderson Silva is the real deal. Uh, so like we'll he, see. yeah the, like the when you said the tyron woodley one was scripted you could tell because he twisted his hand he turned his hand yeah to not put the two knuckles in yeah. his jaw just to kind of like slap him with the, with the flat oh, yeah. yeah yep i don't like it either i guess nate diaz is gonna try and fight jake paul i hope not well, who knows I don't yeah know. that's what he said so i'm like is that gonna be real i mean it's gotta be real he's not gonna do no no fugazi shit like it's nate diaz so it's gotta be real right. like yeah so i would have to be I'd, i would lose all faith if i knew that nate diaz threw a fight just for a paycheck i would lose right. all faith or what even one or even his opponent threw one i don't even want his opponent throwing one i want to see what, what really is going to happen if they scrap like i don't want any predetermined outcome like right exactly. on either end yeah exactly shit. But, uh, all right, AB, I want to thank you for coming on, buddy. Thanks. Um, uh, before we introduce your, before I let you introduce your, uh, the music video we're about to play, uh, go ahead and get some shout outs. Uh, tell these people where to find you one more time. You know the drill. Yeah, man. Shout out to the whole TMP camp. Um, shout out to my city, Corpus Christi. Shout out to the whole state of Texas. Um, shout out to your fellow podcaster, Jerry on Blaze, man. Jerry on Blaze. Um, and what's up? Let's see. Oh, my new shit. If you if you ain't heard the Perseverance EP, go stream the Perseverance EP on all digital platforms. Um, and there's where you can find our latest single just for the weekend. We're about to get into the video just for the weekend off the Perseverance EP. 
the follow-up to So Far, our previous single that's still doing numbers. So check the So Far video. If you uh, want to know where to find all of this stuff, you don't want to be searching left and right, just go to abdavinci.com, A-B-D-V-I-N-C-I.com. That's the hub. Mm-hmm. You find everything, all the links, all the show dates. Pick your poison. It's all there at abdavinci.com. That's right, everyone. If you want to follow and listen to AB's music, just go to links and the, all the links are in the description below. So just get to clicking and enjoy. That's right. That's right. That's right. But all right, everyone, I want to thank you guys for watching, for clicking that play button, as always. And if you're out if you're out there searching the web, go ahead and hit up the DLShowmerch.com and use the promo code the DL Show, and you will get 20% off of your order. We got some new teas coming in too, so be on the lookout for that. And also that little thing you see in the corner of the screen up there. Up oh, here. There you go. All you gotta do is scan that with your phone, the little QR code, and scan that with your phone and You'll take you right to Dan's Cannabis uh, Dan's Cannabis Couch on Facebook, on the Facebook groups. So that being said, oh, wait, I guess I have one more person. Sorry. But next week, stand look out next week. We had some technical difficulties the first time, but now he's back. I got him to come back. We have guest, uh, comedian Gastor Amante coming on. He's going to come chop it up with me for a little bit, tell some jokes. Maybe it'll, it'll be a pretty funny episode. So go ahead and tune into that. And now, without further ado, A.B. Da Vinci, what are we watching? <laughs> Just for the weekend, featuring my brother Droopy M and that boy T-Rest, directed by Izzy Salinas. Enjoy the video. That's right, everyone, and thank you. Love you all. Stay up. Peace. Take Money Productions. Yeah. Uh. That's right. Take Money. Da Vinci. T-Rest. Let's go. Just for the weekend. Come on and And then we can part ways And you can go back to your dinner and matinee Breaking up a home, now nah, i never been that guy But when I see y'all, I can't help but ask why No, I had a shot that I missed, you know me Fell for these streets in this Gulf Coast breeze Said I write for myself and I changed since then Paid the cost, now I got a little time to spend And you still got that frame that I like to bend So from now to the Sabbath, escape the average Paint the town, hit the cush, then we hitting the mattress Me and you got roots deep under the cabbage You the only one that Know the man under the carrots. If the weekend's all we got for, we say farewell. Let me give you weak knees and a story to tell. Yeah, uh, come on. It's just for the weekend. Come on and be friends. Let's out the deep end. I do it better than we can. It's just for the weekend. Here's whatever my depends on the drug department. Hit the shit and taste a chocolate rub in my streets. Got you leaking like a fossil when we in the sheets. Since I can blink, I've always been the type to down for mine. Like the concrete here, been the same all the time. It's in your mind, I can see you want your sparky interest. I'm always down for fun, but that's the industry of business. Your baby daddy calls this and could you rock on me? See this weed, my can take the fake and they the be. But you with Triple C, you know you get a man right here. Just hold me down right now, but I control this from the rear. And the crew and 
had to steal, but let me drive this for you. Ay. Ain't no secret hidden of what you want is moving towards you. Got some patience, mind to you gain one then the pin. Worry about buying the hand, what you hear is not routine. It's just for the weekend. It's for the weekend. Come on and be.